Hey guys, in this episode, we are continuing our conversation we had with Bhavesh Patel. Bhavesh is a medical doctor who specializes in personalized optimal wellness. And we talked last week about all the things men could do to be healthier. He gave us a ton of tips. Now remember, he is board certified in age management medicine, family medicine, and is the founder of Cinegenic Chicago. He's had 20 years working with patients, 11 years focused on patients who want to recapture their health and vitality. And oftentimes he helps them get off their medications. So Bavesh was gracious enough to join us at the Confident Man podcast because he wants to see men live their optimal health. So let's jump back into our conversation with Bavesh. Welcome to the Confident Man podcast empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. Now, if a guy is, is taking weights or, or lifting weights and all and, and wants to do, what's what's the role of protein? Because you see, hear a lot of people doing protein shakes and doing all that. Where, where does that fall in? Is that a healthy thing to do for men? Can they overdo it? I keep it pretty simple. Generally, it should if you're working out hard, it should be about 1 to 1.25 grams of protein per pound of body weight. I kind of go with that. That's a little maybe on the high side. On, on your training days, at minimum, it should be about a half a gram per pound of body weight to maintain your muscles. Okay. Um, there's a lot of different articles out there, and, and this is where – you know, my nutrition exercise guys closer, uh, higher up on uh, the, the latest theories. But, you know, some people say, you know, you got to spread your protein out more, no more than 35 grams at a time. The rest of it turns to fat. Some people say it's okay to just get your big loaded protein in when you do. Some people say the best time is in the morning. Uh, but if you're intermittent fasting, then obviously you're not doing that. So uh, I would just say the basic answer is a if you're trying to build muscle mass about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Okay. Okay. So, and, and that'll be on like the, the days they do lift and then yeah. on the off days they do less. And the off days about half of that. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously if you're somewhere in the middle where you're kind of yeah. moving around and you're not completely sedentary, you might be three quarters of a gram. Okay. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned uh, earlier a couple of times uh, fasting and you said something during the course uh, that we were on about, intermittent fasting, and then the 16 hour window, what explain that to people to understand what it does. So yeah, this is really exciting to me. Uh, so when I started this practice 10 years ago, people weren't really there wasn't as, as much research around this. And there weren't, weren't a lot of people doing it. You know, we I had started this with the concept of keeping insulin, insulin levels low with a low glycemic index diet where you're kind of eating three meals a day with three uh, with three snacks, you kind of like you're you're eating every three hours. I, I'm sure people have heard of that. And the idea is to keep keep it so you're never hungry, and your insulin levels never get too high because you're just keeping a, a basic level of uh, fuel in your body. And and look, that still works for some people, but intermittent fasting really is incredible uh, because in and what you do in that is you're you're not eating for 16 hours, and you're whatever you're eating, you're eating within eight hours. In that 16 hour of fasting, your body starts to engage in some level of housekeeping. The 16 hour mark, you, your body does something called autophagy. Uh, autophagy means like eat yourself, eat your own cells. What that means is it's surveilling the crusty cells that are not functioning well 
and just kind of cleans them out of the system so that you're not supporting cells that could end up becoming cancerous or they're just not functioning well. You kind of do the housekeeping there. You don't get to do that if you're constantly putting food into your body. So that longevity purpose alone is great. But from a perspective of what we're seeing in the labs, people's hemoglobin A1Cs are going down. Uh, the hemoglobin A1C is your three to four month average of how high the sugars have been. Uh, people are gaining muscle mass with that diet. Um, I think the convenience of it is pretty incredible. You know, you just have to not eat after 8 p.m. and wait till noon to eat. You still want to eat pretty healthy, but you don't have to be as meticulous as you might be on other types of diet programs. Um but yeah, the benefits are reducing diabetes, increasing muscle mass, reducing insulin resistance, lowering your hemoglobin A1C, and then just uh, allowing your body to do housekeeping, uh, cleaning out crafty cells, and uh, getting rid of cobwebs. I don't know. <laughs> just, you know yeah. So is that something guys could do like once or twice a week? They don't necessarily have to do that every day, do they, to get the benefits of it? Yeah, the benefits are substantial with just five days a week. So you could take a couple days off. So, and that's one of the kinds of fasts. There's another, some people do what's called a five, two fast where you eat normally for five days and for two days, you're in the 400 to 600 calorie range. So that might be more appropriate for some people. Um, there is the, the idea in the fasting though, in the fasting phase, you're only drinking water. You can maybe have a little coffee or tea. You have to keep your calories pretty low, but once people get used to it, they do great. Uh, it pairs well with the keto type diet for, for a lot of people too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was, that was fascinating. And then, um, and now with, with a lot of people thinking, especially with COVID and everything, immunity, you hear a lot of people talking about ways to raise immunity um, yeah. in their bodies. Hey, can I, Are can there I, supplements that do that? Hey, real quick, before I go on, can I just mention one more, what's one more yeah. thing about nutrition? Mm -hmm. uh, and this is important. I don't think there's, I don't think the, there's one right diet for everyone. There's going to be a diet that's right for the, for the person. And I don't think any one person should be on any one diet continuously. So people get really excited about something that works for the short term, whether it's low carb or keto or paleo. Um, but if you do it too long, those types of restrictions end up causing the body harm. So there is some this idea of metabolic flexibility, so you should be switching in and out of some of the diets, right? Okay. okay. So you know, like, like keto, people are getting really excited about. That's great for maybe two weeks to two months. I've seen that people when they go past three or four months on a keto diet, they um uh they end up having gut issues because they haven't fed their bacteria in their gut with the foods they need to survive. So all of a sudden, now you've got a dysbiosis of the gut. Um, with a paleo diet where you're, where you're avoiding uh, grains, uh, legumes, and milk and dairy, you feel great. But after about six months, now you haven't had any of that at all. And then now, now what used, you used to be able to tolerate, like a little bit of rice, you can't tolerate at all anymore. So you, you lose your ability to tolerate certain foods. So you want to be switching between any of these kinds of extreme diets. I just want to point that out because that's important because people yeah. get excited. No, I think that's true because it's like you said, it's, well, I've heard that with exercise, you want to adapt. You don't want to do the exact same thing all the time where your body gets just adjust to it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. So your question about immunity, uh, yeah, supplements that are important. And I think you have to supplement the food supply is not as good as it used to be. Uh, we don't, we're not getting the same level of nutrition. One example is 
you know, eggs, for example, uh, you know, or, or even milk. You know, cows used to eat grass, you know, used to eat green grass and you would get milk from cows that ate green grass. And th that grass-fed milk has a lot more vitamin K2 in there, a different fatty, pro fatty acid profile. Uh, chickens used to run around in yards and eat whatever they ate. Uh, egg yolks used to be, you know, orange. Butter used to be orange, or you know, at least in high season. You know, now we get butter. It's Lando Lakes. It's white. The eggs aren't going to have as much nutrition. We're, so that means that because we have like industrialized agriculture, and I'm not against it because we get to feed more people, but the vitality of the food is just not as good. We have year-round fruits and vegetables. They come, you know, these fruits and vegetables are picked uh, weeks before they're fully ripe. They're ripening while they're on a Maersk ship somewhere. And again, we're getting to feed a lot more people. We get it year-round, but the vitality of the food, the nutrient density is not as high. So I do think supplementation makes a difference. Uh, you can get your nutrient levels checked. There's some labs that do that. But at the most basic level, people should take a high quality multivitamin to cover their bases. Mm -hmm. And then from an immune perspective, you know, right now, vitamin D is, uh, is huge for immunity. I like the, a level of vitamin D to be at least 60 if you're testing it with a lab. And I don't have a patient of mine that's on less than 5,000 units of vitamin D a day. I always pair vitamin D3 with, with vitamin K2. You need vitamin K2 to activate vitamin D. So, um, Without the vitamin K2, you're not really getting the full benefits of the vitamin D, but it's still, you know, something's better than nothing either way. Uh, vitamin C is important for immunity. That's been well known for forever. And zinc, as people know, is important, uh, especially with COVID. Uh, Magnesium is helpful in immunity. So, again, good multivitamin, but, you know, vitamin D3, zinc, and uh, vitamin C are probably ones worth, you know, taking if you're worried about COVID. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, talk for a second, because one thing you taught me about was was quality supplements. You 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 see supplements everywhere. Um, right. Everybody's selling them. Everybody says there's the best. How do you know that you're taking a good supplement? Where do you find the good ones? Yeah, that's a great question because I yeah, like you said, and you know the, the Department of Justice years ago had done an investigation on a number of major brands that you know you would find at Walgreens and and places like that, where the supplements did not have what was supposed to be in there. Uh, there's something called food grade and there's pharmaceutical grade. Food grade means there could be pill to pill variability um, and there's no testing of, of each pill to see if it actually has what's supposed to be in there. Uh, there was a study once where they were studying these pills for, I think it was for ginkgo biloba and there was no ginkgo in there, but there was like carrot powder and house plants in there. So <laughs> it could be taken. I'm not saying that there aren't some good ones that are low cost, but I always look for pharmaceutical grade. That means it's a, it's a manufacturer that makes their supplements to have the same level of quality that you might get from a prescription pill. And so the, there's some labels on the, uh, the, the bottles. And I look for at the bare minimum, something that says CGMP, which stands for certification of good manufacturing practices. And then if it says USP on there, I figure exactly what that stands for, but the P stands for pharmaceutical. That means it's going to be a pharmaceutical grade supplement. Mm -hmm. And the highest certification is, um, uh, I believe, NSA, something it has to do with National Sports Association, if I remember correctly. But if I see USP and GMP on there, I'm pretty satisfied it's probably a good quality supplement. Yeah, I know you helped me. That was I, I started looking for that, noticing the ones that had it and the ones that didn't. Um, in fact, I found a couple of things. 
at Costco, which was great because, you know, get a better price, but it, it yeah. was USP certified, but not everything was. And uh, right. so that makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, I would encourage people to look for that. And then, you know, there's there are, again, there are other pharmaceutical brands. They do cost more, but, you know, if you're doing it for your health. And again, when I'm prescribing stuff uh, as a supplement, it's because I see something in the labs or we've talked about something with the uh, actual medical issues. So I think of it more as a, it's prescriptive. But if you're taking it, uh, and, and it matters a lot more that it's that it's a high quality. If, if you're just sort of taking it like uh, just to improve your health, you know, look for those couple certifications. Um, and they're probably going to be, it was certainly better than just your centrum at, at yeah. Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. I had to throw my centrum away after, after <laughs> this. Um, so uh, we see a lot, men, men see a lot on TV about, about their hormones and about testosterone. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. How, how does hormones, testosterone, what's that role in men? And you mentioned earlier that you can start to see a decrease. How does that affect us in, in that way? Sure. So testosterone has just a number of benefits for men as they get older. The first thing is, is the testosterone level start to decrease about one to 3% per year, starting around the age of 30 or so. And at some point, the levels drop enough that you cross what I call what we call a symptom threshold, where now you're starting to really feel the effects of not having enough testosterone. And those effects tend to be low energy, low mood, low ambition, uh, decreased muscle mass, increased body fat, especially in the midsection, um, difficulty with recovering from exercise, uh, libido and sexual, sexual, sexual performance are off. Now, when you're just, when it's just declining one or 3% a year, it might not be, it might just be gradual. You don't really notice it. Uh, you know, for me, I had those symptoms and I just had them young enough in life that I knew something was wrong. I mean, I think if it was 10 years later, I might've just said, oh, I'm just getting older and not have mm -hmm. even thought about mm -hmm. this. Um, and that's where checking the levels makes a difference. But, you know, worldwide sperm counts are going down for the last 40, 45 years. Testosterone levels have gone down for 40, 45 years. There's probably something with the environment uh, that's affecting our endocrine systems. Uh, we know that there's a ton of endocrine disrupting agents out there that are affecting those levels. So getting a level checked and then seeing what that is, and then replacing as necessary, I think is critical. Now, the benefits of replacement are, you know, what we're finding is men, men who are on testosterone have a lower risk of uh, dying. There was a study done at the VA. It was a small study, but uh, half of the people got placebo and half the people got testosterone. And over five years, the placebo group had a 20% mortality and the testosterone group had a 10% mortality. So if somebody told you, hey, you can take this pill and reduce your chances of dying by 50% over five years, would you take it, right? Mm -hmm. So just from an all-cause mortality perspective, it's great. But from a standpoint of reducing your risk of diabetes because you have more muscle and less body fat, so you have less diabetes risk, uh, there's less congestive heart failure, the mind is sharper, ambition is better, mental focus is better, you're getting, you know, your bone density is better, your, uh, your recovery from exercise is better. Um, and what I found, and you know, I'll just, there's one thing that people always talk about. Well, what about roid rage? They talk about like, you know, is this going to make me, uh, first of all, they think a couple of things I always hear, like, is this going to make me into some muscle bound Buffy type of dude? <laughs> Trust me. Those guys work out of the gym six hours a day. You're not going to accidentally have Arnold Schwarzenegger arms by taking testosterone and sitting on your ass, sitting on your butt. 
So <laughs> that does not happen unless you're trying to make that happen. Um, so that's one. But the second thing is uh, this idea of like people getting irritable or edgy. I have found in almost all the cases, I have a couple people who I think they're, you know, they're, uh, even though their levels weren't high, they, they were just irritable people before they were too tired to be irritable uh, because they didn't have enough testosterone. But everyone else, you get their levels back up to where they, they used to be, they feel great. And so then their relationships are better with their wives and their friends and their coworkers because they're just in a good mood. So for most people, because the levels are low, their mood and the way they interact with other people uh, is not as good as it would be uh, when their levels go back up. So I found that, you know, I don't get this roid rage thing happening. I get people feeling great and being better with their, with their friends and family. Now, if men, I mean, uh, of course, they need to check and get their levels done and make sure they need it. But there's a lot of pills out there saying they help men with testosterone and stuff like that. But but you don't necessarily recommend people taking a pill for testosterone, do you? What's the best way to get that? Yeah, I, you know, we haven't found that they really work all that well. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who, for some people, or maybe it's helpful. It makes a difference. Uh, but I just don't think, you know, at some point your body is just not going to produce what it used to be able to produce. Uh, the older you get, the less effective the factories are. The testes that make the testosterone just aren't going to be as effective. So you could try to stimulate them, but it's if the production capacity is low, if the production capacity is low. Okay. Okay. So, so how do people get testosterone? Like from you in your practice, what do you do for them? Yeah. So for, for us, so obviously we start with the labs and we make sure there's a need for it. And, you know, quite frankly, almost everyone's going to need it at some, at some point. Um, but based on that, uh, there are different mechanisms of delivery for testosterone. There's the cream, there's the pellets that people can implant, which lasts about three, four or five months or so. And then there's the, eject- there's the injectable. I found that the injectable uh, in my practice is, the best. It just works the best because we can get the right dosing down, get the right frequency down. Uh, test, you know, hormones in the body are secreted in a pulsatile or spike-like fashion. And so I can simulate that better with the injection than I can with pellets or the cream. Uh, but I, we teach patients how to self-inject. So they are, they learn how to give themselves an injection. It turns out it's, you know, really easy. Uh, it sounds freaky. And in the first couple of times you, people do it, it's a, you know, it's, you know, you're putting a needle in your leg, so it's a little freaky. But then, once people get used to it, it's like a no-brainer, and and that's not ever been a, a rate-limiting step for me in my practice. People learn how to do it, and it's fine. And then we check, we check the labs uh, uh, frequently, like you know, every three or four months, I'm checking labs to make sure that the levels are good. Uh, once people are dialed in, you don't maybe don't don't have to check as frequently, but I like to get labs in two, you know, eight weeks after we first start, and then about every three months after that, just to make sure we're on target. Um, and that we're, and then we're just watching out for side effects. Those, those are pretty minimal though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Cause you just, you hear a lot about testosterone today, especially if you watch any show for any length of time, um, there's going to be an <laughs> yeah. ad on there, especially if it's just like sports, anything that's geared to men, they're going to be pushing that and they're going to make it like their pill is going to fix everything about you. Yeah, so those pills, like, look, I, the, the, the safety of those is probably fine. So if somebody wanted to try it and they felt better, great. 
But again, without testing and knowing if it's really doing anything, because there is such a thing as a placebo effect. Let's say somebody wanted to try, one of your listeners wanted to try one of those pills. I would still start with the testosterone level of free and total testosterone, then take the supplement and see if the free and testosterone, free and total got better. Mm-hmm. But if it didn't, then you don't need to keep doing it, right? So uh, that's that's where the objective data is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I remember one of the things you told me, like I needed more B12. And, yeah. and you told me that B12 needs to be taken differently than a pill. And, mm-hmm. and so now I have a, a tablet I put under my tongue because you said the stomach wouldn't do anything with the B12. That's right. Yeah. As you get older, the B12 does not absorb through the stomach. So you have to do the kind that dissolves on your tongue or an injectable version. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk to the audience in general. I want to hit okay. some of the specific age. I've got some guys who are in that 20 to 30 range. Mm-hmm. So what would you suggest they do health wise to kind of, you know, get and maintain their health in a good way? They're still young, but they're in mm-hmm. that 20 to 30 range. Yeah. So, you know, somebody's in the 20, 30 range, you know, your levels of testosterone should be pretty good. But again, if you have any of the symptoms of what sounds like low T, it's still worth getting it checked out. But otherwise, uh, smoking, obesity, sedentary lifestyle, all of those are going to contribute to low testosterone levels. So you want to correct those kind of lifestyle things. You want to get that exercise in. And whether that means that you're starting from uh, not really your couch potato-ish, start with a walk, start with an incline walk, turn that into a walk plus run, then turn that into a run, then turn that into hit training. Get the, you know, that's what I would do if you're just sort of sedentary in that age range. If you're already working out really hard and you're, looking for additional results and you're sort of more of that type A biohacker type of person. Again, you want to get the labs and see what's going on. Yeah, I would, for those biohacker types who are putting their bodies through a lot, I would think about getting uh, nutrient levels done to see what all the nutrients are, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, D, K, just kind of see what those levels are, see where what, what deficiencies you might have. Because you're really, those kind of people are looking to optimize and get their, you know, get really fine tuned. And you need more data to fine tune if you're one of those type of patients. Um, if someone is low on testosterone and they're young, there's a fertility drug called clomiphene. And clomiphene uh, stimulates the body to produce more testosterone and more estrogen. But it's your body's natural production. It's not testosterone uh, coming from the syringe. It's your body's natural production. And that's, that's, that can be effective and safe to use in somebody who's younger yeah. that needs more production. And again, don't forget that there is there are endocrine disrupting agents in our environment. You know, there's about 85,000 synthetic compounds that have been made by man. Only about 2,000 of them have ever been tested. And so there's a number of chemicals that affect our systems. And while one exact chemical may not be the culprit, when you start adding in all the different chemicals and they all have a little bit of an effect, the total burden, they call it the total toxic burden, can be high enough to have a significant impact on have your body having too much estrogen and not enough testosterone. Okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense. What about the 30 to 40 year old? Got some kids. Yeah. Th- get th- older. Yeah. You know, some of the patients are in their 30s. So uh, that's again, that's where the testosterone levels do start to drop. I came on the program myself at, at the age of 38. So that is sort of like at the time when you should be thinking about what your levels are, at least as a baseline, the same lifestyle, uh, uh, recommendations apply. Uh, and then, you know, if you need a replacement therapy and you're still looking to have kids, you're thinking about the clomiphene type of medication. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And then uh, the men, 40s to 50, getting to that midline. Yeah, by 40s and 50s, uh, this is kind of 40, like I'd even say 40 to 60 is where the bulk of our patients are coming in. Uh, by now, they've had enough de uh, depression of their testosterone levels that they're symptomatic. Whereas, like maybe earlier, it's a slowdown. By at some point between 40 and 50, it's you know, I really know I'm, I don't have the same energy. I really know that I didn't feel like this last year or a couple of years ago. Um, I really know that I can't, I'm not losing the weight like I used to. Um, though, those people, it, you know, you want that full checkup the thyroid, the cortisol levels, you want the testosterone levels checked. And then, uh, for most of if they're not having kids, the injectable testosterone is the way to go. Or if they're maybe going to have kids, but maybe not, maybe it's an injectable testosterone plus the clomiphene together. Okay. But that's the, that's the kind of approach for those guys. Uh, I'm just talking about testosterone now. Is that what we're looking for? Or are you looking for? Yeah, just, just yeah, overall health, testosterone. Yeah. Testosterone is the biggie for men, I know. Um, yeah. So Well, you know, think about it this way, though. You know, I, I think about, like, um, your health as, like, an investment and think about it like compound interest. I mean, the more chips you put in the bank early, yeah. the more that compound interest accumulates wealth later in life. It's a lot easier to maintain your health and have the chips in the bank and that wealth of health grow if you start early. You know, when you're already behind the eight ball, you try to start uh, saving for retirement at 55 years old, the nest egg just isn't going to be as good. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes good sense. Well, Bavesh, thank you uh, for being on the uh, Confident Man podcast. Where can men go if they want to find out more about you, your practice, and what you do? Oh, thanks, David. You know, first of all, thank you for having me. It was a fun conversation, uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad we got to cover so many topics. Um, I have a website. So my main so – I would, I would go to bhavashmd.com. That's uh, my first name, B-H-A-V, as in Victor, E-S-H-M-D.com. Uh, and the website's mainly focused right now on the next course that I'm going to be running in November, which is the one that you were part of. Uh, I'll, I'll be enrolling again, probably like uh, September, mid-September or October for the November course. What that's going to be is like with you, we're going to do a full set of labs ahead of time. And then we're going to do uh, online teaching. That's going to come with my bio blueprint playbook where my decision-making process an algorithm and my thinking is on a piece of paper. I mean, you have those uh, in your possession now, which is, you know, you get a result back, a number, you put the number at the top of the page and you follow the decision tree. And it's, it's how I think about a number. It's how I think about what the testosterone number means or what the insulin number means. Uh, but you could have, that's, once you know how to use that, that's a tool you can have, you know, for the rest of your life in terms of analyzing your own health. Uh, and that's, and I, and I decided to do that because I just want to have greater impact uh, in the world for the next 10 years. You know, the last 10 years have been great. I've done a lot of great work for, you know, over a thousand patients. But if, in the next 10 years, if I only have impact on another thousand or so patients, I won't feel that's as impressive or, or as meaningful. So this is a way for me to try to help more people easily uh, and hopefully have an impact on tens of thousands of people over the next decade. Yeah, well, I know for me, it was it was mind-blowing. I loved it. I'm, I'm a guy, I want to be healthy and uh, didn't know what to do. And your, your material was fantastic. Uh, I feel like, like when I take my supplements now, I know what I'm taking. I know why I'm taking it. I know what levels it's affecting. And so 
the next time I do levels, I'll actually know what I'm looking at. And uh, to me, that's the beauty is it's an education that strengthens us in what we do. Well, thank you. I loved having you in the class. I mean, you, you asked great questions and you were so engaged. And that was my first one. I mean, I was so nervous, but seeing you and having your engagement uh, made it a lot easier for me to, to branch out from one to one to like presenting in front of a Zoom class. So I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, so thank no, you. it was great. And I, I, I nerded out pretty well. And, and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast mainly for me. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, hopefully my audience likes it too. Cause I think there's a lot of guys out there today who say, Hey, I want to be healthy. What can I do? And you know, mm -hmm. everybody's got advice and they're usually selling something. So you want to try to get something that fits you. Absolutely. All right, Bivesh. Well, thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thanks, David. Have a great day, man. listening to the confident man podcast click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode you can connect with david on facebook and instagram at david the maxwell find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me that's theconfidentman.me